I personally think that, you know, chiropractic should be the first thing that you try if you haven't tried anything else. And even if you have, I think that I've seen kids with failure to thrive improve, like things you wouldn't even think of. Again, people think of chiropractic for back pain, but there's so many ways that a person can be helped. And especially for a child on the spectrum, because so much of autism is neurological. Want to truly be the best parent you can be and help your child thrive after their autism diagnosis? This podcast is for all in parents like you who know more is possible for your child. With each episode, we reveal a secret that empowers you to be the parent your child needs now, saving you time, energy, and money, and helping you focus on what truly matters most, your child. I'm Cass. And I'm Len. Welcome to Autism Parenting Secrets. Autism Parenting Secrets. This is Cass, and I'm so excited for you to hear our conversation today. Our special guest is Dr. Nancy Tarlow, and Dr. Nancy is a chiropractor, and she's going to introduce herself. Dr. Nancy, thank you. We're so excited for this conversation, and welcome. Thank you so much for having me here. Um, Yes, I've been a chiropractor for now 30 years. Um, I started out in um, as a pre-med major many, many years ago, wound up taking a break, got a degree in business and hated it and just searched and searched. And finally, chiropractic was just calling to me actually for about 10 years. So I uh, went to a chiropractor, had incredible changes to my health. And as a result, I said, you know what, I think this is the right field for me. So I started practicing back in 93. So um, yeah, it's been quite a journey. Um, I do a lot of postgraduate work, primarily in balancing the nervous system, helping people with stress, which is a huge issue for everybody. It's not just for parents and you know, kids, it's everybody is faced with a lot of stress. So that's a big passion of mine, learning various techniques that really cater to calming the nervous system down, as well as diet. You know, I really found over the years, I I got very friendly with a a woman who is a chapter leader for the Weston A. Price Foundation about 13 years ago and really opened my eyes to more specifics regarding their diet for healing the gut. Like I understood about inflammatory foods, but so this has been a journey for me, you know, starting out my first time as a chiropractor, all I did was chiropractic. That was it. And then I just started incorporating a lot of different things over the years to, um, to my present place, which is integrating a lot of different information and techniques and things like that. That's awesome. And that's what I feel like. So I discovered the Weston A. Price, what, 13 years ago myself from when I was at um, getting certified as a health coach. But I think it's, you know, as you are on, as we're each on our own life journey, as we can bring things in and kind of incorporate it and weave, you know, so I love that you weaved your chiropractic and then paid attention to food and then the ability for it to really, you know, calm someone's nervous system. 
Um, I was raised in a household where chiropractic was not, you know, not even part of our norm. The nurse, my grandfather was a doctor, like that was just not it. And then God gave me a son who showed me how powerful chiropractic care was. And so, and, you know, it was, you know, structural alignment, I know is important from a detox perspective, but also from getting that nervous system kind of in check. So you can kind of process either if it's illness or just kind of how the world comes at you. Because if you are misaligned, that can cause even more stress. And so, you know, we've been avid fans of chiropractic care now for the last four or 12 years. Um, and it's kind of part of our, you know, our normal every couple of week uh, routine. So I'm excited for our listeners to kind of learn from you and kind of understand how chiropractic care can truly help that nervous system. So our kids can end ourselves as the parent because energy of the parent and the whole family structure, you know, truly matters as you're trying to support your child to be their best self. Well, you definitely opened up a bunch of uh, cans of worms there. <laughs> I could go off on any of these. Pick cans. one and, and run with it. <laughs> well, first of all, I do want to mention that like you, even though we didn't, we, there were some doctors in the extended family, but you know, my dad really wanted me to become a medical doctor. At, when I was in 11th grade, I went on rounds with a cousin who was a head of oncology at the local hospital. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I want to do I actually really weirdly like doing the autopsy versus what talking to somebody who had, you know, end stage cancer to me, that was really hard. And he really pushed, pushed, pushed my dad pushed for me going to medicine. And it was funny, because about two years into my pre med program, I you know, was really questioning whether medicine was right for me. To me, there is, I can't even put words onto why I didn't feel it was right, but something wasn't right. And I went away for a weekend and I watched a friend get adjusted by a chiropractor and was like, oh yeah, I want to become a chiropractor. I came home and my whole family said, oh no, you don't want to do that. They're quacks, you know, like they would be embarrassed if I became a chiropractor. So you know, I had already gotten information from a school in New York, like, like this, I knew was my path. But I just, I didn't have enough confidence in myself to stand up to this family pressure of what bringing a chiropractor in the family would be. But the funny thing is, is 10 years later, it was actually my father who suggested I look at chiropractic as a career path. So even though he and the rest of my family were like naysayers, he was the one who brought me back. And once I really fully explored it by going to a chiropractor myself and seeing my health change, then I became fully on board. So it's just really funny that you use that as an example. I, I remember being adjusted once and the chiropractor was like, she's like, that was in you since you were probably 16. <laughs> like it was just like the most incredible release ever. Um, and I think, you know, what you're just talking about is kind of sometimes what we think the family expectations for us 
might not be what the reality needs to be for each of us. And so being curious to kind of, and you had said before that the, you know, you kept being brought back here, you know, and it took a decade to get there, but amazing that, you know, the universe is benevolent. It will lead us to what, where we need to be. And so you kind of followed that um, path to go to chiropractic school. Yeah. And, and again, for me, like I wound up going to a chiropractor for chronic back pain that I had for like 15 years, but within three months, my chronic allergy problems were gone. I used to have to take an allergy pill every day of my life because I had environmental allergies to everything in every season. So my environmental allergies were gone within a few months. I was before then I was getting uh, twice a year, I get bronchial and sinus infections gone, never had another one since then. Um, and then I was always just sick, you know, colds, just chronically ill. And I, of course, now I realize it was taking all those antibiotics that were depressing my immune system that was keeping me sick. But that was, you know, the, getting rid of back pain was great, but I became a chiropractor because I became healthier than I had ever been. And I could go outside in the spring and not worry about being drugged by some antihistamine. So, you know, that was the real gift for me was that I felt like I could enjoy life where prior to that, I didn't feel like I could. That's amazing. We actually moved at one point to live in the same town as our chiropractor because we were, you know, she was in, she practiced in New York City, but we, and then she actually would do house visits for us. And whenever my kids or each and of us got sick, the more adjustments we found kind of the better to make sure the drainage was working and all of those things. Um, yeah. Well, well, all this kind of reminds me, though, going back when we started with chiropractic, there was a big shift that I needed to make that I think a lot of our listeners may not like they may be in the same place I was, which is, you know, you talk, Dr. Nancy, about the back pain. And that's what got you started. Most people think chiropractic, oh, physical adjustments. That's what it's all about. So if you're a parent and you're wondering what on earth does this have to do with my child on the spectrum with behavioral issues and, and other issues, the thing that was lost on me is that chiropractic has many benefits and perhaps the most important, arguably, is neurological health, that, that right. it's not an accident that if you adjust physically the body, that brain function improves. And I think for autism in terms of interventions, chiropractic's not on a lot of people's radar, at least initially, because they don't understand that aspect that, oh, that there's a much bigger reason why chiropractic care for your child uh, could be beneficial in terms of what you're wanting to help your child with. So can you dive into that, like in terms of the concept of neurological chiropractic care? Well, first, I do want to mention that there's like a hundred different chiropractic techniques out there. A lot of people, I, I think, have that haven't been to a chiropractor have these fears that it's this, you know, aggressive, violent thing. And most of the uh, adjusting techniques are extremely gentle, that it's like putting a little pressure on somebody's hand and, and very often is even gentler than even getting a massage. So most people do are not aware of that. And that 
kind of becomes that blockage to going to a chiropractor. I have put a video on my YouTube channel at one point of me adjusting a newborn and it got like 35,000 views. Like people were blown away. They didn't realize that just a little pressure at the right place could make a huge difference. Um, And you saw the person being very agitated and then just calming down and relaxing because I was using one of these techniques that is very calming to the nervous system. But yeah, so the way chiropractic works is, you know, we have our brain, right? And we have our spinal cord that exits the brain that goes all the way down our spine. The spine is encasing and protecting the spinal cord. But out, out from the spinal cord, we have all these nerves that go to like making our hands and fingers work and allow us to sense temperature and pain. Um, so that's the more the spinal nervous system. But then we have the autonomic nervous system, which lays right on top of the spine. And then we have two branches of that. One is called the sympathetic nervous system. And one is called the parasympathetic nervous system. I don't want to lose you guys. So I'm going to break it down. So think of the parasympathetic nervous system is, you know, it's, it's like our nervous system is on and This is a little bit of an exaggeration, but I just want to use this as an example. Um, When we are in a stressful situation and our heart is racing and we're breathing really fast, that is our sympathetic nervous system or commonly known as fight or flight. That's our body responding to a stressful situation. Well, we can't stay in that state all the time because our body would literally burn out. It's pushing out adrenaline to make our heart pump faster. So in case we're like having to run away from a tiger, you know, we need more blood and oxygen pumping to our heart and our lungs and our brain. So that's the sympathetic nervous system going. The parasympathetic brings everything back to a state of ease. But if we are in this constant state of fight or flight in survival mode, our body will forget how to come back to that state of ease. And when that happens, that's when people are developing, you know, possibly heart disease or lung problems where they're getting scarring on their lungs. It's when they're developing GI problems, right? They're because when we're fleeing from the tiger, our body isn't concerned about going to the bathroom, right? Our, our, our body and brain is just like, here, get me out of this situation. So what happens is there's more blood being directed to our heart and our lungs and our brain, but that means there's less blood going to these other areas. So frequently for someone, like if I meet somebody for the first time and I shake their hand and it's cold and it's dry, I say to them, boy, you've been in a stressful situation for a long time. And they're like, how do you know that you just met me? I'm like, because your hands are are cold. And that means that because of this fight or flight, situation, you're commonly just not getting enough blood to your hands and your feet that is necessary. So um, so that's basically the difference. So when we're in this fight or flight stage, you know, boom, 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 going, going, going. And I relate that to, and I think it's important to understand this because uh, being in practice for 30 years, the first person I worked with that was on the autism spectrum was 30 years ago. 
They had severe, severe ADD, had to go to a special school. His brain was just constantly going, could not focus, had some behavioral issues. And the adjustment I did on him was very calming. And that allowed him to function better. Like the teachers would notice that he was just happier when he was at school and he could focus. So, and that's because his brain wasn't just constantly ruminating with these survival in the survival mode, right? Well, you can't, you can't be calm in survival mode. No, you can't. You can't. So, and that's the thing that, you know, this conversation is a little nuanced because there's the brainwave aspect too, right? Because when we're in fight or flight, we're really uh, using our beta brainwaves, which are problem solving brainwave, right? So when we're just trying to, so that the person who's in this fight or flight stage all the time, they're constantly trying to figure out a solution to their issues, even a child. On some level, their brain is trying to figure that out. And that's the reason why we have kids that are just, you know, looking here, looking there and, you know, just trying to get them to focus and be relaxed is because we got to change their brainwave state too. So it's not just, you know, the adrenaline pumping. It's not just like the heart racing, but it's all these things. And, and I do want to mention, you know, one way like a parent can determine is my child in this constant state of fight or flight is check their um, heart rate. You know, you put your fingers, let me make sure I get that right. You put it here. You can do it for just 10 seconds. Like a normal heart rate would be, you know, for an adult, it's between 55 and 66 for a child. It's actually a little higher, but, you know, you check that. You can also see how many uh, breaths they're taking. These are some common things I would do if someone came into my office is check these basic pieces to see, is their heart racing all the time? Are they breathing from their chest rather than from their belly? One of the first things I teach parents is teach them belly breathing because when you belly breathe, you actually um, can, I don't want to get too complicated. Well, but actually, can you teach, can you walk us through that quickly? I just, if it's yeah. Both, yeah. Yeah. So, but I do want to just go back to some of the signs to indicate whether them or their child, because I think so many parents are just worried, worried, worried about their kids all the time. They're in this chronic state of fight or flight too. So, and, and, that's thing- why, and that's why we're having the conversation because chiropractic is an opportunity to quell fight or, fight or flight for the parent and, and potentially for the child. It, it can yeah. this, this this modality can be beneficial for both because I would argue every parent with a child on the spectrum is in some form of fight or flight as as likely their child is too. The degrees may be different, but that's why we're having this. So by all means, yes, uh, by all and, means. And never expect your child to be calm if you're not. Exactly. And that's why whenever somebody brings their child into me, I, I always tell them, because I can see right away if they're in fight or flight too. I explain to them how there's this interaction even uh, non-verbally between parent and child, they pick up our stress. And unless the parent changes how they deal with stress, the child usually doesn't. But one thing that someone can do for themselves is, you know, if they close their eyes for a minute 
and they, you know, feel, do you have tension in your shoulders? Do you have tension in your jaw? And for, if you want to check your child, just very lightly put your fingers over their jaw. You can feel if they're clenching or not. So do that. Check the hands. Are your hands, you know, commonly cold? If you put a hand on your chest and one on your belly, are you breathing from your belly or are you breathing from your chest? Do the muscles of your head feel tight? Like if you were to take your fingers and go right above the ear, there's a muscle there called the temporalis. Is that tender? If it is, that's somebody who's clenching their jaw. And the jaw, again, when we're in fight or flight, we're preparing for battle. We clench our jaw. We tighten up our muscles. So if you have tight muscles everywhere, it's probably because you're just constantly in battle, whether it's with yourself, whether it's with a loved one, but you're just constantly trying to, again, help your child, but maybe forgetting about yourself. Um, So for me, before I started doing all this work, I just want to mention that my husband used to complain if my feet actually touched his in the middle of the night because my feet were like icebergs. They were so cold. And now they're not anymore because I practice this work regularly. So, you know, one of the great things to do, and I recommend you do this lying down. It's very hard to do deep belly breathing if you're sitting, especially if you're not used to it, is you put one hand on your chest and you put one on your lower part of your belly. As you breathe in, you want to make sure that your belly is being pushed outward. That's allowing the ribs to expand and the lungs to drop with the diaphragm. And then you hold it. And then as you breathe out, breathe in, breathe out, you're pushing your belly towards your spine. And then you just sit with that for a minute. And then you start it again. If you're, if this hand, the upper hand is raising and you're breathing from your chest, it's going to take some work. And sometimes what I have people do, sometimes what parents do is take a heavy book and put it on their belly. So, because sometimes just putting your hand there isn't enough. So if you take a heavy book and say, okay, as you breathe in, push it towards the ceiling, that can actually help a lot more than just using your hand. And you can do the same thing with your child. I've done this with kids who come in and I teach them about, you know, thinking about warming up their hands. So the vagus nerve, which many of you probably have heard of, it traverses from, you know, the brain, you know, you can actually access it here in your neck. It also goes through, it pierces the diaphragm. So when you're doing this deep belly breathing, you're actually engaging the vagus nerve, which is how you affect the neurological part of the body of that fight or flight response to get people out of fight or flight. This is, it seems like an easy trick, but it really takes work. Uh, When I first started learning this, probably about 15 or 20 years ago, I had the hardest time. And it wasn't until I discovered the book trick that made the difference. So the last piece of that is ideally you want to breathe in on a count of four, hold it for at least two seconds, and then get to the point where you're breathing out on a count of eight. And initially, if you can only do four, four, and four, that's fine. But think about working towards extending that out breath 
because that is really going to make a huge difference. The other thing that I find, like, you know, these last couple of years have been very stressful for everybody is um, I was found myself waking up in the middle of the night, sometimes with my hands clenched and my jaw clenched. So when I would go to bed at night, I'd make sure that my mouth wasn't closed. I breathe in and out through my nose, but just keep it open. And I would put my hands flat on, you know, somewhere. I actually sleep on my side. So I make sure that one hand is on top of the other. So I wasn't going to start clenching it. And if I started to clench it, it would wake me up and then I would open it again. Um, also, another trick I like that's, you know, none of these things are chiropractic. They're actually things I learned from yoga is to like picture yourself when you're in a stressful situation and you can close your eyes for a second. Where, what is your happy place? Is it walking in the woods? Is it sitting by the beach? You know, picture yourself in those places because the mind is so powerful. It has the ability to shift us if we allow it to. So for me, my happy place is the beach. I picture sitting on my beach chair with my feet in the sand, eyes closed, listening to the sound of the waves. And as I do that, I picture that the sun is beating on my hands and warming it up. And that allows me to, you know, again, I've been working at this for a long time, but it allows me to shift pretty quickly. Love it. And that's where I think for parents too, if you do have your happy place, almost have a photo of that happy place as a reminder somewhere throughout your day. So you can always go back to it, even if it's your screensaver, um, because that sense, the ability to kind of transport yourself to a place of calm is going to be such an important piece of their day. Yes. And and how chiropractic ties into all this is... There are techniques that when you receive chiropractic care, releases what's called that relaxation response. You will immediately feel your whole body melt on the table and just get calm and relaxed. So getting you out of that fight or flight stage. So one of the techniques that I use primarily is something called Logan Basic. And it's um, what I'm doing is I'm working on what's called the sacred tuberous ligament, which is a ligament that goes from the sacrum, tip of the sacrum to your sitting bone, the ischial tuberosity. And it has a lot of parasympathetic nerve fibers in that ligament. So when you push on it, it allows that whole body to just relax. And then I'll turn them over and just do like a sacro, uh, I mean, occipital technique where I just hold the base of the head. And that just allows those nerves that get tight from us. You know, when we're stressed out, we tend to you know tighten these nerves under the cranium. And that just allows the person to just really relax. And I try to make them aware because unless you touch these parts of your body, you may not be aware, but once you have that information, then you can check yourself. So that's one technique I love. There's um, something called upper cervical technique, which only adjusts the top two vertebra of the spine. That's another great uh, technique just for helping the brain to work better because the nerves come out of the brain and the, the nerves that make like your eyes work and your mouth work, they actually pass through the first two vertebrae and then go back into the brain. So we want to make sure that that area is working properly. And, 
you know, I see some pretty dramatic changes when adjusting that area for anybody who's having these kind of issues. Um, I once had a kid, my, actually, uh, back in the late 90s, I had a child with Tourette's and for like 10 years and he had some social issues because of it, you know, just trying to control it. And at the time I used to do x-rays. I took x-rays of his neck and I did an exam where I checked his spine. And I have to tell you, I didn't find anything. Like his spine had a perfect curve, his neck, like the vertebra were all moving. And his father had been coming to me for chiropractic care for back pain. And I remember this sitting down having this conversation with him. I said, look, you know, I don't see anything objectively that could amount to your child improving in this area, but it's up to you. Like, he was like, I don't care. I'm going to try anything at this point. And within three months, this child was 100% improved, even though I didn't feel like it was a good case, right, for what they wanted objectively. But it was incredible. Like, just and I was just adjusting the stop vertebra. That was it because I knew how important it was for his brain to work. But I also know that as a result of that, he had a major detoxification because, again, the nerves control every aspect of our body. They control every cell. So if you can get the nervous system working better, the whole body starts working better. Is, is yeah. it safe to say that the energetic flow is improving? Like it may not be something that shows up on an X-ray, but there's so many aspects of how the body operates that are at play. So I would imagine that probably had something to do with it. Absolutely. Yep. And think about stress, right? So often stress impacts people's GI in their gut, right? You get nervous. I know for me, like I will get butterflies, I will get knots before something. And if you're able to have a better sense of calm, then it's just going to be able to improve your digestion, which helps your elimination and your detoxification because your things aren't going, things are going to be flowing versus kind of becoming stagnant. And, and, you know, it's funny you raise an interesting point because, um, again, back in, you know, the late 90s, I had someone come to me with severe IBS. He was an adult. It started when he was 15. There was a traumatic event that happened. His father had just left without any notice, and he was really scarred. Now, I had him also go for therapy, but within a few months, his IBS was gone because of the combination in this case of the chiropractic with the therapy helping him deal with that, you know, dealing with that loss and, and still grieving and the trauma. So, you know, so often, but Len, you make such a good point about this energy flow and, you know, chiropractic, you know, people think it's just this really simple thing. Like you just hear the pain goes away, but there's so much more. There's this whole spiritual piece of, you know, we, we talk about just letting the energy flow from the brain from above down inside out is a term commonly used by chiropractors that, you know, aren't using like lots of uh, modalities that are really just focusing on just the chiropractic. And it's really about opening up those pathways so the body can heal itself. Um, and it's really powerful. I've done adjustments on people where they're like, they don't move for five minutes because they're just feeling like things waking up in their body. Um, and, and this is probably 
an interesting story. I remember I went to a chiropractic conference and there was um, a man who had had a stroke and he was in the hospital and obviously he felt dead, right? He like couldn't do anything. And his chiropractic friend came and adjusted him. And it was like, he said he felt like a light turned on, like, like things woke up and he wound up making a full recovery. So you can't underestimate chiropractic. And I personally think I'm not saying this because I'm a chiropractor, but just because of all the people I've seen over the years have had these life-changing experiences um, and all the, you know, myself included is that I personally think that, you know, chiropractic should be the first thing that you try if you haven't tried anything else. And even if you have, I think that I've seen kids with failure to thrive, improve, like things you wouldn't even think of. Again, people think of chiropractic for back pain, but there's so many ways that a person can be helped. And especially for a child on the spectrum, because so much of autism is neurological. So I think the question you have to ask yourself is, how are you improving the neurology of the child? And and I think so much of it is fight or flight, right? So I think, you know, Len and I always, we used to joke because if we ever had had a third child, we would have had our chiropractor basically in the, you know, I had C-section, but like in the OR with us because that initial and, you know, rise first adjustment, I think he was four, Annabelle was probably two and a half, but like, I so wish, because if you think about the traumatic birth can be for a baby and just to get them back feeling good in their nervous system from the get-go, I just wonder what that would have done from a foundation perspective. So I love, you know, what you're saying is like you chiropractic is kind of like a setting that foundation, because if you're coming from a place of calm, you then get to kind of figure out what is that next step versus kind of in this kind of fight, you know, stage that's going to perpetuate where you are longer. Yeah. yeah, I've adjusted so many newborns first or second day of life. It's incredible. And one of the children was uh, one of the babies was there was a woman who came to me while she was pregnant because she wanted to be back and she did not want to have another cesarean. She knew it really was harmful for her other child. So she came to me all during pregnancy, which I definitely recommend chiropractic for pregnancy because that will help make sure the baby's in alignment so it can come out easier. And after I actually came to the hospital while she was laboring because labor had stalled and she was so petrified of having another cesarean, she called me up. I went to the hospital as a friend because I don't have hospital privileges. And we came and brought me in secretively and uh, I adjusted her and she had that baby within an hour. Like, you know, it was amazing. But meanwhile, she didn't know that the baby had downs and had a lot of health issues and was in the NICU. And again, she called me again. She said, Nancy, you know, he's in the NICU, they can't get his breathing stabilized. And I went and adjusted him again, using this technique where I'm just like very gently holding the base of his uh, head and also cradling his sacrum. And because he was hooked up to the monitor, I could see his breathing normalize as I was working on him. It was, 
it was one of the most exciting days of my life, you know, professionally, you know, just to see that again, I had to be snuck in. I was a family member, you know, it, it, you know, doctors, you know, medicine doesn't recognize chiropractic on that level. And it, you know, within a couple of days, the baby was released. Like uh, this baby's whole health turned around in a matter of an hour and he just kept getting better and better. So Again, you know, chiropractic affects the nervous system. The nervous system affects every organ, every cell of the body. If you can get, you know, get rid of that interference that could be causing health problems, the way to do it first is through chiropractic. You want to maintain it. When you're older, do some yoga, which is great, moving the spine, um, doing this deep breathing exercises that we just talked about, learning how to recognize where you're holding stress in the body and consciously changing how your body's dealing with stress, you're going to see some major shifts. It's it's easy to be a skeptic, but it really is something that once you feel and experience it, it, it totally changes your perspective. Uh, I know one thing that Cass was touching on, which I think also is really important, is that this whole idea of becoming calmer, right, which is the whole episode, is important. And that's a benefit in and of itself. But it's the fact that foundationally, if the body isn't relaxed and poised, none of the other stuff that you might be doing for yourself or your child is likely to be as effective. So if you're doing diet changes or anything else, if the body's more in its natural calm state, so much more as possible. Would you agree uh, with that, Dr. Nancy? 100%. And one of the things I find is a lot of times when people come to me with a sick child, it doesn't matter what the illness is, they come with a bag of supplements. When a child is really ill and and they are in this state of fight or flight, their body, number one, doesn't know how to break down food. It's probably not going to know how to break down these pills. Number two is it's not going to know how to absorb them properly. So you need to get the child out of fight or flight so that the digestive system can work the way it's supposed to. Conversely, if you're doing all these great things and then the child's eating ice cream and things that cause inflammation, and I realize that this is a conversation for another day, but if you're doing things that are like putting that person back into an inflammatory state, that's also going to affect how the digestive system works as well. So it really needs to be a two-pronged approach. You know, you, you, you know, some people go to chiropractic and think that that's all they need to do, but the diet is so critical. It's so critical that you, you know, if your child is gluten-free or, you know, has gluten or dairy problems, you know, that's going to just constantly, you know, become this vicious cycle And chiropractic does help you to make better choices when you're feeling calmer, you're less likely to go for those foods that are, you know, those foods that are just, you know, soothing you like emotionally. So it does help that when you're feeling better, but it's really important that you're fooding, you know, eating foods that are nurturing you and nourishing you. And if you look at the root cause of, you know, 99% of illness, right? So unhealthy diet is one of those, but the other is stress. And so if you think about it, if you're never kind of in a place of calm, you're always in stress. So you're already setting yourself up for some probably down the road illness. 
And then if you eat crap on top of it, there's like a, you're really uh, kind of setting yourself up not to be um, successful there. Um, Question for you. So for our listeners, and I know I've heard this before, um, is how do you find a practitioner? You know, energy matters. So what do you suggest for parents in finding a practitioner, like a chiropractic chiropractor to work with um, their child or their family? That's a great question. And, you know, it, I just had somebody this morning ask me that question. And it's challenging because, again, there are so many different techniques out there. One thing I would definitely suggest is if you're like Googling someone, see if they talk about pediatrics. If they, because you can go to a pediatric practice or you can go to a practice that focuses on, you know, motor vehicle accidents. So you're probably going to get much better care in that pediatric practice. Um, I would ask, you know, the office, can you come and watch an adjustment? Do, do they mind if you come and sit in? Some of these really huge practices you know, may not have that nice energy vibe that you would want maybe from a smaller family practice where you just feel like you meet the doctor and you just can get a sense about the doctor. Um, Again, I like Logan Technique, Network, Upper Cervical, uh, SOT, Sacro-Occipital Technique. Those are really great techniques for just being very calm and just um, allowing that body to restore its balance, but in a very, very gentle way. Um, Now, you know, there are other techniques out there. Activator, uh, one of the techniques that I use is something called Corin-specific technique or KST. Uh, What I like about KST is it's asking the body what it needs. So it's kind of like muscle testing. Right, apply kinesiology, but you're using the back of the head instead of muscle testing. And you know, the question might be, should I adjust you seated or lying down? Should I start with the cranial bone? So that's one thing I like about KSC is incorporates cranial work that other techniques don't incorporate. Cranial work is huge. I've worked with kids with dyslexia that within a few visits reversed it just because I adjusted them while they were reading a book and I could feel which bones misaligned. Um, it, you can ask the body uh, what supplements to take. You know, should I be healing the gut? You can ask the body anything. And that's the reason why not just chiropractors use this technique, but people in other fields, because they can really help better guide the patient as to you know the best path of healing for them. Yep. No, I think that's all great advice. And I, we get a lot of questions ourselves, like, uh, you know, what chiropractors, let's say, specialize in children on the spectrum. And really, I don't think there are any. And it really doesn't matter what the diagnosis is, right? Because like whether it's autism or some other label, it's all about the practitioner and whether their techniques, their approach, their strategy is a fit for what your child needs. And I know I've run into a few who on their business card chiropractors, they say, you know, neurological chiropractic care or functional, you know, there's like, so there's maybe some terms to look for, but as you said, nothing's better than you asking questions, getting a feel. And, um, but I would say to our listeners, just because somebody doesn't specialize with working with kids on the spectrum doesn't mean that they're not a fit. Right. Know when you meet your people. 
Exactly. And that's why I suggest a face-to-face meeting. I don't think just, you know, picking up the phone and making a phone call is enough. I think you need to go and you're going to know, you're going to walk in that office and either it's going to feel like home and it's a place for you and your family, or you're going to be like, there's too much chaos. It's too, you know, too much chaotic energy going on. doesn't feel right. And some people like that chaos. Some people like that high energy. They like the loud music being played, but you don't want to bring your kid there who's on the spectrum if they're playing loud music. You know, that would be disastrous. Well, and I remember, like, I think the first session, I was like, oh, my God, this is going to be a nightmare with Rye for, like, first time. And then he was, like, as calm as, like, he loved it. And then, like, the next time we went back, like, he ran and jumped up on the table. So, like, our kids also give us clues to kind of follow, uh, you know, to find if they're fit or not. So. Yeah, like, in, in now I'm actually you know, moving away from practice, I'm like, I'm be focusing on other things, but like, I would always have soft lighting. I would never put those overhead lights on. So I would always have soft lights. I'd have salt lamps, you know, play soothing music for everybody. It doesn't matter, you know, if I was working with an adult or child or what their issue is, I just felt for a long time, we all need to relax. And in one of my offices, this is going to sound really crazy. Um, I had this big room in the back where I did most of my adjusting, and they did have a few tables set up. I did have a period of time where I did what's called open adjusting, but there's only three people at a time, and they come in, they lie face down. It wasn't like anybody was watching you, but I painted the walls like an under the water sea, sea blue, you know, and I hung these metallic fish from the ceiling like I really wanted to give that sense of calm and peacefulness and you know people loved it they thought it was hilarious but they loved that feeling of when they would walk into that room just uh you know just feel so nice and relaxed which is awesome no that's great that, that that's super important the feel is incredibly important and I would also argue it's the same thing like with your pediatrician where you wouldn't want a pediatrician that's you know, in there for three minutes and then they're out to the next person. Person, So with chiro- your chiropractor as well, it should be somebody who's present and maybe not spending an hour with you, but spending enough time to really see what's going on. Uh, and the right person will, will do that naturally. Yeah. And if you feel like a connection right away, just listen to your gut. That's another thing I talk about a lot is listening to your intuition because As you know, there's this huge spectrum in autism and every child is different and every child needs different things. There is no one size fits all. And if you go to somebody who's going to listen to you and hear what you're saying, they can help direct you even with the type of adjusting style they use. Or maybe you happen to, you know, find a chiropractor who understands nutrition and you know, things like that. So uh, I just think that feeling a connection is really important. Fantastic. Well, Dr. Nancy, thanks so much for taking time to go into this important topic. Uh, If people want to find out more about you and what you have going on, where can they reach you? So my website is Dr. Nancy Tarlow. That's T-A-R-L-O-W.com. Uh, sometimes I have a little problems with that domain name. So you can go to Embody Health. That's M, M is in Mary, B-O-D-Y we'll, Health. We'll put all the show notes. That way okay. you 
way they'll have the links and we'll make sure that they work. So we'll make it easy for everyone. Yeah. And I also want to mention my focus moving forward is really on education. So I'm going to be offering webinars and things like that, because I feel like there's uh, not enough education out there. People need more information but really tailored towards them. And I know with the coaching that you guys do, you're probably getting into that, but I'm like really just focusing on just the educating people. And hopefully we're talking about doing a nice uh, hands-on conference in the spring. And I think that will be really great for a lot of people too. Perfect. Awesome. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. It's so great getting to know the both of you. Want to discover your top autism parenting blind spot? Take our free quiz today. Go to allinparent.com slash go.